Hello, everybody. It is, uh, let's see, what is it? Thursday, the 29th. It's going to be episode one and the only episode of Room Service Diaries. By your choice. Jersey City Edition. Well, you barely made it to this one, guy. Um, <laughs> my name is Luke Thomas. This is Brian Campbell. We are the hosts of yeah. Morning Combat. On uh, You can go to YouTube.com slash Morning Combat for more information. You know about us. It's MK all day, nearly every day. Right, Luke? You say that a lot. You certainly say that a lot. Uh, we will do this for about an hour and some change. And this is where we just go off the rails and say things we'll later regret. That's really the aim of I this podcast. I never had a 40 out of a plastic bottle. This is they, have, uh, they call these shatterproof, but I don't really need my 40 to be shatterproof. It's not even a 40. It's a 42. That's, is yeah. that a, in honor of Jackie Robinson? Well, the key here is that, uh, and what you fail to realize, is this is actual malt liquor. Other than that uh, swine fluid that you've been <laughs> drinking previously. So let's crack it open, shall we? Yeah, this one's for all the people out there who've supported us, especially the ones who hate us, like like uh, Snarky Ginger and... Uh, uh, she likes me. And uh, Kyle Gushu. That guy hates me, right? Let's, yeah. Who, who was the second one you named? Uh, he's just some guy. Every single show, he, he tears me down. But he watches, so, you know, I mean, look. Listen, when it's hard to tell... It worked for You're, Bin Laden. He still had a regular audience after some atrocities, right? Yeah, yeah. Are you planning on flying any planes into any towers, or kind of a comment is that? What do you think? Disgusting, right? See, here's how you know it's not beer. Right? You can taste Dude, much uh, okay, more alcohol. Okay, like, I mean, you can act tough. Like, I haven't drinking a shitload of malt liquor. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not acting tough. We're two dudes in their 40s. We're the opposite of tough. Yeah, I'm just it, saying. It, it tastes like... You ever see those those ice luges that like at parties that young white people they put their mouth to like it? Imagine if you used my ass crack as the as the luge point as the point of luzation. You know what I'm saying? No. This is and you poured. You know this is what it tastes like. Okay. I'll turn yours up just a little bit. Turn All right. Uh, and we're back. Room service diaries brought to you by. Did you nap? How was your nap, you old bitch? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to tell you about the job. People, people don't realize this. To be on, to be in front of a camera, Luke. Uh, you look whether, whether you believe that what we do in front of a camera is is look. I've described your style as very masturbatory. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean. Say it like it's a bad thing. My style is very predatory. I, I'm looking to to enter your face hole or your ear hole, however you're advanced, You know, you're acquiring this, and and, and I want to feel like a blind man in an orgy. I want to feel around a little bit in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a lot of effort, right? To do what? It's hard goddamn work making something this, you know, pretty look, look this, you know, washed on camera. What I'm saying is taking it from the inside and throwing it at the screen. It, it, there's a price you pay. And imagine doing that all day. MK, uh, Show, t- uh, show Malka is filming a documentary on our return to the, the uh, bomb shelter. That's right, they are. Okay, uh, you know, we're doing live streams with Showtime. By the end of a workday screaming into a microphone, Luke, there's very little left in the tank, all right? I stopped listening to you five minutes ago. Just won't point that out. Um, we will be uh, freestyling right now, but we do have questions to answer from the listeners. We appreciate everybody who went out to uh, Apple Podcasts and reviewed our show and asked their question through that prism. That's the only way we will answer you. And as I said, Luke, we're going to answer every single one. 
Well, we've got some work to do if you want to do that. So you want to get started? Yeah, let, let's start tickling tickling the rim a little, if you know where I'm going with that. Uh, let's see. Here we go. What fight or fights inspired your combat sports fandom? I love that question. Do you have, a, do you have an answer, Luke? I mean, the original UFC that I saw was UFC 4. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably that on the MMA side, on the boxing side. We, we talked about this, I think, the last yeah. time we did this. It was the Mike Tyson era. I grew up in the Mike Tyson era, and it was, you know, um, it was just impossible to talk about. How, first how memory I have of watching a fight where it was like replays of Hagler Hearns, which obviously was like a three-round absolute slugfest war. That would play a lot on, on uh, you know, on replay, ESPN, ABC's Wild World of Sports. And I've talked before that the, uh, the Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler, 1987 pay-per-view was the first big fight that sucked me. All right. Um, I got into early UFC like you. But let, let's, let's frame it like this. Because UFC was a different animal, it mm-hmm. was watching it in the beginning was like, I always say, it's like watching Faces of Death. It's like you're watching for the, for the raw ridiculousness. What was the first big UFC fight or MMA fight in general that wasn't like fat guy versus that guy that got you fired up? Like I was certainly fired up for the for the Ken Shamrock Hoist Gracie rematch, but in hindsight, Luke, I had a pay per view party that night at my house. It was like a thirty six minutes of, of hugging. It sucked. So I honestly, I'm not sure how to. S- do we have to go like? Do we have to forward it like into like two thousand two, three, four, where it was like the first big MMA fight that you were like legitimately excited about, not just curious, not just hey, this is pretty cool. The problem was I was always playing catch up until the aughts. I would go long stretches without watching, and then go to Blockbuster. Yeah, because you couldn't watch it. Can we remind people of that? You, then, there yeah. was long stretches where you couldn't watch that, and so I would catch up long after the fact. So you're talking about like. One where I knew it was coming. Destination fight. Where you're yeah, there. okay. So, um, wow, that's a great question. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I caught up like you did on the years that I was in and out. The first destination fight for me was, um, and even though I've, I've been watching since UFC 3, 4, 5 and all that, it was Chuck and Rampage. Was like I'm talking destination. I'm talking where like you're you talk, random people. You're like, dude, you you gonna watch this fight on Saturday? It's, it was it's one of the huge. Rumble on the Rocks. Um, I think it was Penn and Gomi on Rumble on the Rock, and Penn fucked him up. And this was when Gomi was like kind of like the man. Yeah, it was. It was actually not. It was a little bit before he was the man. The man. But uh, he was still widely regarded as a top lightweight, and Penn absolutely wrecked his shit like it was nothing. I think it was that one. Um, wrecked his shit like it was a strip club parking lot fight, which is what no, Penn he, is no, known no. He for won now. this one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry, I should clarify that. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he got his hand raised as the victor yeah, in the right. end. Yeah. Maybe that one. If you're talking about like big UFC fights, I'm going to say the first... It's funny you mentioned it. I'm going to say the first... Ooh... <laughs> Uh, Evan Tanner, Robbie Lawler was a big one I was waiting ah. for, and that wasn't even a main event. So, like main event, main event. And the reason why I use oh, the reason why I use Chuck and Rampage because Penn, I that Penn was my St. Pierre one USA versus okay, Canada. That was, that was, big. That was that big. was on the card. I remember that. And Penn fucked Penn. You can make a case that Penn should have won the first one. He could. Uh, Chuck Rampage. I was my first year working at ESPN, and that was the first time I saw casual sports fans be excited about a, an MMA fight. I remember it being on ESPN, like wall to wall, yeah, that week, and I was like, "Holy shit, this thing is really, this thing's really come around." Can you believe Rampage is still fighting? Sort of. Yeah, sort. Of. I mean, he's very fat. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. 
Yeah, he wasn't in the best shape. You know what? All right. You know I like shitty old guy fight, freak fights. We got Anderson Silva this Saturday, which we're, you know, the Friday's morning combat. We're certainly going to break down. We, we did a nice little deep dive Wednesday on his uh, impact of his career. Dude, I'm telling you, from the idea of shit fights, Anderson Silva versus Fedor right now, I would be so freaking, I would have a phoner. A phoner for that? Yeah, because it's so weird, right? Who would win? Who would win that right now? I'm not sure. But, but that, that fact alone that you don't know is what makes all the weird different colors that make up your beard whole. It makes you, it makes yeah. you who you are. I am waiting for my beard to just turn completely white. I've lost interest in having any color anymore. And this conversation, apparently. And yeah. this conversation. All right, next one. All right. Do your higher-ups at Showtime ever ask you to dedicate 25 minutes to dong review segments every episode? No, I can't say that they do. Okay, they don't, but let me tell you this about Showtime. They are the label that pays me and you, Luke, to a large degree. Shout out to uh, CBS, Viacom CBS. Shout out to everybody that pays us. Luke, true or false? There are many times that you and I F around on camera. There will be dongs bouncing off people's faces. And I come back off camera, or if we're doing it over Zoom from our house, we do a little wrap-up meeting, Mm -hmm. expecting people to say, all right, Good show, but that was too far. Not only is it never too far, except for that one time where, where legal got involved over that Pat Tillman joke. We'll, we'll forget that ever happened, right? Um, you think I will. I'm going to hold that over your fucking head forever. Our friends at Showtime usually encourage us to do more. Usually they're like... It's true. It, you know, so... so you, I mean, this ain't a show. We're not doing, you know... We're not doing weird stuff like that because, you know, it's, this is our natural sense someone's, of humor. Someone's going to jiff that. <laughs> this is our natural sense of humor coming out. And Showtime's like, I see your humor, and I raise it in an erection to be even larger. So, so far, and these are famous last words because one day they'll fire us. So far, we're on a good run with them, all right? So far. All right. Do you think UFC would be even larger if not for their inability to get the biggest fights made? Tra- <clears throat> trick question, track. Trap question. They they said. Yeah, I mean the uh, the way in which this is worded is yeah. not fair. Uh, UFC is pretty fucking big, and they you could maybe make a case that they would be somewhat larger. But they make every biggest fight they can. No, they didn't. They didn't make GSP Silva. Um, looks like they're not going to get a chance to do Habib Connor too. Although one never knows. But um, you know they didn't. They, there was big fights they could have like co promoted. They didn't get Brock Fedor because. Dana wouldn't and couldn't sign Fedor. All right, what about this? Are you ready for but this? But here's the thing. Are those really limiting factors in no, their growth? Make, Not really. they make 90% of the fights you need to see. Exactly. You, you know Sakuraba, the legend, the Hall of Famers. Uh, his legacy is the Gracie Killer, true or false? Well, the Gracie Hunter was the his hunter. nickname. Okay, okay. What if Conor McGregor made it his life mission to become the Nurmagomedov hunter? So let's say he so doesn't get... he has get, to fight Saeed. So and, he, let's say he beats Saeed. Let's say he beats uh, Usman. Let's say he beats. Uh, keep going. <laughs> uh, uh, Abdulmanap the third. Let's say he keeps going because there's a lot of Nurmagomedovs in the game right now, and that, that's not me racistly saying there's a lot of Daggies, Dagestanis. <laughs> what? That's me saying. Can you be racist if you're <laughs> European white versus Slavic? Uh, that's me saying there are many people in that family. Or Anglo-Saxon, what if, I should say. What if he went on a run of beating all of them with hopes of dragging Habib out of retirement? Your thoughts, Luke Thomas? That might actually work to go on the to go on the Nurmagomedov, you know, scouting tour, hunting tour. That could actually get him. I think. I think honestly, that probably would. Because if you did do it, you have to be in a different era of MMA. 
But let's say you could actually get it done, and he went there and like made it happen. And knocked them all out. Knocked them all out. And then, not just that, the whole time, talking a gang of shit about Habib. It would you be know like Clubber would. Lang and Rocky What's his face? Three? BJ Penn did that towards the Gracies for a time, even though he was a half Gracie black belt. But like he was going there and beating Rodrigo. I remember he was talking shit about Henzo. And, you know, Henzo was like, uh, BJ Penn was in his father's nutsack when I was out there during, doing arm bars. And then BJ goes out there and beats all the Gracies. Um, when is the last age that patriarch Helio Gracie could have tapped me out? L- realistically. Literally on his deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> but there's got there's no strength left at that point. Is it just the technique is too? Uh, he could have just thrown his lifeless body on top of you, and still would have gotten you. Uh, all right, uh, where are you, uh, you guys with these new karate combat events? It looks like guys are fighting in front of a green screen with Baz Rutten. Baz is spelled boss. <laughs> or sorry, excuse me, they spelled it base. Base Rutten. Yeah, Lance Base. Got it. Uh, Marshawn Lynch and Brian Callen. Com- he's com- commentating. Wow. I like the. Are you format. guys down with this? Uh, I haven't watched. I've seen I like it. Karate Combat, but the dude who runs it, you know, he's a nice guy, but he uh, did he pull a Joanna? Is that what you're saying? Not on me, on somebody he, else. He I know the, he pulled the Joanna on me. Yeah, uh, that did happen. That did happen. So you know, I don't wish him ill, but I'm not going to go out of my way and say, uh, you know, I don't hate the concept. There's exciting highlights. Their I don't shit watch looks it. cool. I don't honest. know what channel listen, it's on. Listen, it looks cool. We ever watched it? Yeah, it, it looks did. like an '80s movie, like. They definitely have a flair for the dramatic, which I think the game needs. But in the end, it's like, how much do I care about this kind of fighting? A little. A little. You're, you're regularly touching me with this leg right here. I don't know yeah, if you know that. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, be glad it's my leg and not something else. Um, anyway, the point being is, uh, yeah, you can screw over a little bit if you want. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, so you're like, like squatting like a catcher with the base very wide. Like you're a trying man to take spreading. A, you're, yeah, yeah, I guess a so. man spreading. Uh, okay, so yeah, I mean, there's this stuff looks cool, but in the end, you know, I don't care that much. All right, what do you think about Holloway moving up and putting his name in the lightweight mix, BC? I still think it's a shorter path back to the title should he stay at Feather, and the fact that I thought he beat City Cockboxing star Volkanovski in the rematch tells me he kickboxing, please. You can only say cockboxing if you're making fun of me. Telling me, it tells me that he's not far off. So what I would do is stay at Feather as long as you can keep making it and be that celebrity fighter that could fall into a title shot and could win it back at any point. Luke, tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. Unless he looks at Ortega and says he's gotten too good. I wonder if he's looking forward to see what happens at, 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 uh, at Feather. I still think, think Volkanovski is a bad matchup for just about anybody. But... I don't know. Ortega looked fucking great. Um, I guess we'll see, dude. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think moving up, it would make it super interesting. You know, a Max Holloway versus a Tony Ferguson fight. Yeah, volume-wise, that'd be sick. Be they both fun. can take beatings. Yeah. And Do you realize, it out. Luke, that we are entering with a bebout, we've said this on Morning Combat, like like a a, a golden era of orgasmic lightweight fights because we don't it's, know who's going to It's about to end, them. too. Like, it's not over yet. There's still a bunch on the horizon. No, I think, I think it's s- going to start because the belt can fly think around. think so? Yeah. Yeah, but I think, it, I think there's going to be a few more years of it, and then, I don't know, dude, bantamweight is... I know some people already think it's the best one. It's In many ways, you can make the argument. It's not as popular, and so therefore... Some of the size of the fights can be um, not undercut, but it can't quite hold up to the what the you know, the grandiosity of lightweight. But 
fucking a man in three years i don't even know where bantamweight's gonna be who's more of an honorary south american you or the shevchenko sisters being that they have peru citizenship yeah, them for sure and their spanish is better too like uh, apparently at the last ufc event valentina was commentating for the spanish broadcast how about that shit wow that's pretty wow. good I'm all, I'm wondering if there's a if there's a different era if I can come back at a different point in my life and in in marriage rules were different and there was maybe uh, I mean could, marriage rules were could different? you be the meat in the Shevchenko sandwich at the same time just universally and just be a happy family of three I like how you're like I wish I could come back as a sultan and have a harem <laughs> including but not limited to uh, do you realize how our our children would be they first of all they'd be they'd be Badass fighters, but they'd also be really funny and smart, you know. Um, okay, with 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 Factory Town intensity in terms of their work ethic. No one cares about Factory Town intensity. All right, can Luke and BC give your top five greatest rock bands slash artists of the nineties? All right, so this is who our personal top five favorites are, or who we believe are the five best of the nineties. There's just a difference. There's a difference. Luke it says your top five greatest. Okay. Answer that however you want. The best uh, artist of the 90s for me is Pearl Jam number one. Okay. Are we extending into hip-hop? He says, or whoever wrote this, wrote rock bands slashed artists. All right, I'm going to stay in rock then, okay? Stay in rock. Otherwise, it just gets a little lost. Do I have to go in order, or can I sum it up? Um, I got Pearl Jam. I got 311. I've got Sublime. 311? Yeah, you're damn right, okay? Wow. I've got Sublime and... um, Radiohead would be the fourth. We got one more. I was never a big Pumpkins or STP. I love STP, but I was never like a giant, massive fan. Never a massive Soundgarden fan. Oh, maybe I'll go Rage for the fifth. That's, that's a, that's a that's solid a starting five right there. I'd go uh, Soundgarden, Rage, um, STP. I think you can't forget about them. I left Nirvana out purposely. Are you going to add them? I'm not a I'm not an Ed Nirvana hater by any stretch. Yes. That I love their stuff. I hear it comes on. I'm like, all right, yeah, cool, great. Put it on. Turn it up. But I was never like fawning at the altar of Nirvana. Co- I don't I, Cobain, that, that I never did. True or false? Cobain saved himself from an Anderson Silva like 2013 to 2017 when he was one <laughs> six and one with no contest. Um. I'm not one of these folks who's like, you know what? It's good that he offed himself. I mean, I'm not saying that. You know? I'll say this. It's the same thing you could say about the notorious B.I.G. You never got a chance to witness the decline as an artist. Yeah, and Habib. And especially in hip-hop, which is in rock, you can find acts that have like serious longevity. Yes. Hip-hop is a young man's game. And, you know, eventually even the great Biggie was going to age. Look at Jay-Z. Jay-Z found a way to age out. But, like, he can't come on there and be like, you know, young ho, fucking buy my S. Dot Carters, whatever the fuck. No one gives a shit. He's not cool anymore. Yeah. He's cool in like the behind the scenes way. He's not cool in like tastemaker kind of way, you know? Do you consider yourself a combat sports tastemaker? No, I don't give a fuck. People like my, like, I know my shit is good. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. I know, oh, I, wow, I, I know that the shit that I like is absolute quality. I know it is. So, suck a dick. Oh, wow, there's you know you so I wouldn't paint you with the brush of a cocky bastard, but there are times when you pull that sword, Luke. Oh, hold on, I think I only got hold on. Who did I get? Soundgarden, Rage, Rage, STP, Radiohead. I'm not the biggest Radiohead guy. Okay. Um, Dishwall. <laughs> no <I'm> kidding. 
Please tell me all your thoughts. You know? um, boy, that's tough. I would go Rage as well. Rage was very, very big for me. I'm going to go a little bit sideways on this, and this is not to say that there were not many bigger bands, but it's like your top five greatest, right? So I'm yeah, gonna that's mix why I have two. a 311 in there. Come on, you know. I'm going to go Helmet. Helmet was one Helmet. of my... Helmet. Helmet had a bunch of albums in the 90s, but the two biggest ones... I think Betty came out in the 90s, but the one that really got me as a huge fan was Aftertaste. Yes. And uh, that album is 1,000% listenable from the very first notes of the first track to the very last ones of the last... It's a masterpiece. Right. You, my version of Helmet is to put Whiskey Town in there. They kind of started... I don't know much about They kind of started Alternative Country. It's Ryan Adams' band before he went solo. I like him all right. My wife likes him. Oh, I love him. I love him. It's, I mean, he may have done bad things to Is my, there a to, musical um, act that uh, you did not know of until someone took you to a concert, and then you're like, you know what? I can get down with these fools. Any genre. It's a great question. I got one. Ready that for this That I one? didn't really know anything about them. Maybe, maybe you had heard of them, but you really couldn't say you knew a whole lot about them. And it wasn't until you saw them at a concert, you like, had a eureka moment about them. Not really. I got, got one. You want, you got? You want yeah, mine? Well, of course I do. Drive-by truckers. Dude, I love the shit out of the drive-by truckers. Dude, drive-by truckers, fucking crank. Well, let me say loved. I, I can't support them post-Jason Isbell leaving yes. because he was too big of a role. But, dude, I was on them early. Got, how many albums did they have? A hundred? They've got a gazillion <laughs> albums. Well, yeah. I, I was on. I started listening to them around 03. I, I've seen them in... I think like seven different states. I've seen them all over the country, and and uh, they're incredible. Especially when Jason Isbell was there. Here's a great uh, trucker story. All right, I had a guy at work in 2002 that was trying to get me into them, and he was like, "Dude, they're going to play Central Park. They're going to open in that free outdoor summer series yeah, yeah, for yeah. Charlie Daniels Band." I'm like, "Dude, Fuck. I'll see Charlie Daniels Band. That's great." So then they hooked. They were touring the double. Um, what's the double Southern Rock album? Southern Rock Opera. Yes, the third one, the double one. And we walk up before the concert starts, and there's the sound area on the side, like the guy you know running the engineer and all that. And there's a bunch of ragtag looking, like people that like came out of a dark lit bar at 4 a.m. Okay, and I go to my friend, dude, who are those absolute dirt holes? He's like, oh, those are the drive-by truckers. I was like, oh, okay, we're about to see them. Luke, they blew me away with the triple guitar Skinner esque attack that they had, and I followed them ever since. Did you get into Jason Isbell's solo career at all? No. All right, there is one album. You want to see Joe Rogan's $14 million mansion? Southeastern that I need you to listen to, Luke. Nah, you wouldn't appreciate it. You like, you see, that's the thing, Luke. Dude, Joe Rogan's new mansion is fucking Something huge. happened to you along the way where your taste in art of music changed. Changed to shit. Changed no, to it's, like... It's quite good, actually. You can't defend your palate knowing that you, that you lean so heavily on the dark side. Sure I can. You don't know about any of the good stuff that I like. Uh, well, I would say good stuff. You don't know about the stuff that's not like that. You've never bothered to ask. See? I, I don't need to. And all the hip-hop stuff, you don't know anything about that either. So, suck a fat one. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Joe Rogan's fucking new house is huge. Look at this shit. You should go on a show one day. Maybe yeah, inside maybe, the Maybe house. eventually. Good lord, this motherfucker is living large. Well, dude, he got like a four billion dollars from. Uh, <laughs> they they gave him like six countries yeah. and uh, the harem. You were here's what I'll say about Joe, um, and he's a real nice guy. I've met him in person a couple of times. He's really short, and you don't it's stag- You don't see it coming, Luke. You don't see it coming. He's got to be like five foot one. I always see it coming. I don't see every single time. You're he's pretty tall. How do you not see, dude? Look at this fucking guy's house. Okay, that's great. What do you Jesus. want me to do? Do you want me to get hard over it? We should. We should get a phoner. Home invasion. Just steal all this shit. 
Good Lord. All right, let's get back. Can you believe podcasting can get you this? Yeah, that, well, this is just the beginning for us. You know that MK Rocket chip I talk about? Luke? Yeah. It's taken off. Okay? I thought that was just you making shit up. No, no. I'm very passionate about that. All right. Oh, here's another uh, honorable mention for that question. Top five rock bands? Of the 90s. Yeah. I'm going to go Deftones. Yeah, no, you love the Deftones. I don't think... I it, I don't, I don't, are they the Deftones or just Deftones? Oh, so any, the George Washington University? Like, Okay, you want, me, you want me to call Genesis the Genesis? I, dude, I don't care what you call them, okay? I just hope that if you're going to call them, you'll be in their okay, prime well, from now on, you're not fuckface. You're Gabriel. the fuckface. How about that? And I got a lot of flack for saying I like the Phil Collins era, which is similar to saying I'm a big Sammy Hagar Van Halen fan. Well, you know what I mean? And of course, our, uh, us Rothheads would be all over that, Luke, right? Uh, most disappointing concert you've ever been to? Where you just loved them on record, and then you saw them, and they were like, man, that yes. shit sucked. Um, I saw uh, Kings of Leon in 2004 at Toad's Place in New Haven. They uh, were so freaking high that they came out. <laughs> they didn't even do an encore. They did 30 minutes, and every song sounded like the album, and there was no jamming, and the guitarist was like falling asleep standing there, and that was uh, incredibly disappointing. Can I tell you my most disappointing? Please, please. And I love the Kings of Leon, by the way. I, I've endured in there. Some band, oh, here's the other part. Some bands just are better. Live or on record, yes. very few can do both. So you, you have to understand like, there's always going to be a trade-off one direction or the other. But the big one for me that was just heartbreakingly bad. Besides every rap concert you've ever been to. Keep going. Uh, no, there have been, I've been to some good rap concerts. But I don't think it's a thing. I don't think it's a thing to be have. There's well, no such thing. Because you don't know what you're doing. I happen to have a little bit more understanding. I'll say this. Uh, it was a rap concert. But it, hear me out. It was when... Rage Against the Machine was playing with the Wu-Tang yes. Clan. The, the, that, that tour created more rage riots and people uh, <laughs> pissing on each other. Dude, Wu-Tang <laughs> opened for Rage. This was in Atlanta. And Wu-Tang had, I'm not exaggerating, 75 people on stage, maybe, yeah. on the conservative side. They were yelling over each other. You couldn't even tell who the fuck was playing it. DJ would start a track for a minute and then flip to another one. and be like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Atlanta, A-Town, peace up, A-Town, down. Everything. And they were just going these fucking soliloquies. They maybe played three songs from beginning to end. It fucking yeah. blew. It was yeah. terrible, terrible. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I went to a uh, Guns N' Roses show in 02 in which Axel never got on the plane from L.A. to Philly. <laughs> so the fans rioted and burned the inside of the arena. It was incredible. Fucking Philly, dude. Yeah. You can rely on them, yeah. bro. Uh, I saw, I've seen Guns N' Roses twice. Once with Axel and Buckethead. Ooh, dude, Buckethead's Dude, incredible. Buckethead can fucking shred. And he, he's so technical and classical, too. I know. You're, you're like, like, we're going to call this guy fucking Buckethead? You don't yeah. think? And then you watch him play, and you're like, no, Dude, I watched good. on PBS one time an hour-long Buckethead special, which was all instrumental songs, and it was insanely good, you know? He got, like, a violin bow out, like Jimmy Page style. I mean, it was... Um, and then I saw them do the summer tour back when they reunited. Ooh, they how, played FedEx. How bad was Axel's voice at that point? So what, no, they figured it out they, they had a system in place. So it was the same system that Axel used when he was playing with Buckethead, which is he would do three or so songs, maybe four, and then he would start a fifth. Then he would not finish it, get off stage, and Buckethead would just begin to shred okay. and just go to work. See, I don't... And so li- Jose, and then the summer tour, it'd be the same thing. But here's what they would do. They would be like, the fourth song would be like November Rain. So Axel would shred... For like, you know, however well, long. Well, Axel doesn't shred, but yeah. Okay, but he would, you know, this is a long song, and he would go on his own thing. Axel doesn't play guitar. Sorry, not Axel. I'm sorry. Slash. What am I saying? You're right. He would play the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. And then Axel comes back out with a change of wardrobe. Yes. And he's rested his throat, and then he just goes or, back Or it's just playing 
lip syncing. Yeah, but okay, either way. All right, so I don't like do. seeing people when they're too washed. I saw I'm a I'm a massive Bob Dylan fan, and I saw him in O2. I saw one really good concert, one really bad, but I knew that that was the end. He was 60 years old. It was never going to be better. I had to stop. I got so into the Rolling Stones around 05, Luke, and they did the stadium tours. But, you know, they're charging like 125 bucks, and you got to sit 80 yards away. And I found out that they were having guitar and bass players behind the curtain playing to, like, fill in the gaps where the old shits couldn't. I don't need to see that. You know what I'm saying? I want to see it. I want to be intimate. I want to be in a club. You ever go to a club and see your favorite band and the stage is like two feet high and you're standing right there staring at his guitar? I've done that for... This is why I tell folks it's like, oh, the fights are better with an audience. Motherfucker, on what level? Okay, they, they are better with an audience in every, in every category. The only people who think that are the people who get their highs as media from constantly going to events. But if you're like me and my... Uh, you're such an asshole. You're like, I'm not an asshole. This is for people You're who- the asshole. You're the one who says... You two idiots up there fighting, my enjoyment of this is contingent upon everyone else. And I'm the one who no. says my enjoyment of you're the fight so, you're is so not lame. contingent upon you're basically, everyone else. You're basically framing at people that think a crowd improve a fight are people that can't appreciate what they're watching, so they need the soundtrack and energy of a crowd to yes, lift them up. Yes, that is exactly what that I'm saying. That is a thousand percent wrong, Luke. Okay. There are certain fights where a crowd will elevate the general atmosphere, especially on the higher, higher, higher end. And that is especially true in boxing relative to MMA. But the overwhelming majority do not need them that and, in fact, are most, made worse by them. That is the worst attempt at a hipster I'm smarter than It's not than a hipster you. thing. Even for you who, who cornered a, the market on the I'm smarter than you thing, like, you know, like, let me pull a word. Let me pull that word out, like that sword out, you know. I, th- those Brad, are just natural dictionary, words. motherfucker. Those you know? are natural words as part of my daily use. Because of, of the College of William & Mary? No, because I make a, a lifelong effort at learning. You should try it sometime. Here's the point I'm trying to make, all right? Understand something. I have made the point for years that if the UFC is too expensive, and the show, the tickets are not cheap. Like, they're, they're pricey, okay? Like, a decent ticket at UFC is going to be 300 a pop in certain cases. That's probably true. All right? Yeah. So, it's a lot of money. So, what I always tell folks, and this is not possible now in large part because of the pandemic, but let's say pre-pandemic, what I always told folks was, listen, you go support local MMA because, one, it's good for the MMA economy, and two... You don't have to spend a lot of money. You can and go somebody s- might, might die. Somebody some, straight up some, might die. <laughs> you might see Dada 5,000. <laughs> but here's my point. You can go and spend 50, 100 bucks, and you can get basically nearly cage-side seats. Yes. And if you've never done that, and you begin to see the fight up close, and you can hear it in, for your own, you can feel the weight of the fight in front of you, it takes on a much better, uh, and, and I think it's a much more fulfilling experience. Okay. Local fights, for that, I would love an audience to be there. In that case, I would say that the lack of an audience would really make a difference because those are your training partners and your friends and your family and only them. All right, let me so say it like so this. So let me say this. What you get with a situation like Poirier versus Hooker is you lose the audience for the upgrade of the larger weight of the fight. You cannot make the case to me in terms of... You could, what does larger weight mean? Larger weight of the fight. What the hell does you, that You watch mean? a fight. If you watch it on mute, you lose something. Yes. So watching a fight is it fulfills most of your senses, your sight, your hearing. If you're there, the sort of the 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 smell of it sometimes, the the crowd, the 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 blood being splattered. I mean, all these things have mattered if you're close enough. I don't need an audience to to support this. This is this is that fight is so pure as an experience on its own. I don't know that the yelling would necessarily detract from it. But it certainly, in that particular case, does not improve it. 
the opposite, I I've think, would be Fury versus debate. Wilder. What that one needed to know. Right, I think you're 100 percent wrong. I appreciate what you're saying that it brings out the sounds of the fight more. It's a little more than that, but okay. But uh, <laughs> it's this debate too, Luke. I'm not a big steak guy. I can appreciate a really good steak. I buy steak when somebody else is paying at times for at big restaurants. You had a steak when we went out last night. It was good. Okay. But I don't crave it and I for me burgers. Uh, you know, you like a a gourmet burger to me. I can get all nerdy with you and gourmet that shit, okay? Grass-fed like, all like, that shit, okay? I like a good burger, but it's not a replacement for us. Yeah, you know, it's 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 amazing. Um I also am the biggest fan of ketchup ever. I don't and so my wife will get on me. She'll be like, you know, you love beef. You love to cook it on the grill. You love a really well-made burger with this and that in it. Why are you putting ketchup on it? You're going you're gonna to ruin it. No, ketchup is the enhancer. Ketchup no. takes, takes mm. it to another level. I'm not saying you should be an absolute weirdo and eat an overdone steak with ketchup. Like, that is a, that, that's treason, right? That's treason. Okay. Um, like, you, can be, you could probably be killed in, in medieval times in England probably for that. But... Putting ketchup on a gourmet burger? Are you kidding me? That this is like I'm not opposed to that. But right. Ketchup doesn't make meat taste more like meat. When you say enhancing, you mean as a more complementary whole? Uh, I'm saying that if you're a purist who says I don't need ketchup on my burger because I just want to taste the burger, no, I, don't mind I appreciate that. that. But I believe that ketchup, like this is, it's a great make, example st- of you st- and st- I. Stack a burger. What goes on it? Bun, patty, then what? Well, you got to have blue cheese if you're going to have a great burger. Okay, keep going. Uh, you know, you're gonna have to have onions of some kind. I mean, okay. the crispy kind, caramelized or oh, caramelized. There are the balls, right? Okay, all right. So you're speaking my language at okay. this point. Okay, okay. I, I, you know, I, I don't love the I lettuce. I don't know that I'll put a lot of ketchup it. on that. Though I need a juicy tomato on there. I need a juicy like a beefsteak tomato. tomato. Yeah, yeah. One, yeah. Flip. One that could be. Dude, you've, you've said nothing wrong to this point. Okay. So I, don't, <laughs> okay. I don't understand where we disagree. Uh, I eat it naked. No, just kidding. No, <laughs> so, uh, so here's the thing. I'm with you on burgers being like who the fuck says I'm above eating burgers. Go fuck yourself. Burgers will forever be a great and it's, a, and it's a better, true joy. But it's better than steak. Okay, here's the because thing. Because it has it's the not, full dressing. No. It dude, does, bro. Dude, who is making the fucking steaks that you're steak eating? Steak doesn't think, have blue cheese on it. They can, by the way. You can, there's the, the, you cannot, the, the two are not you know, mutually exclusive. Dude, I've had great... I love steak. I have had great steak. No, no, no. When you say you've had great steak, what the fuck does that mean? But there's a difference. You didn't even know what chimichurri was. You think I trust your steak opinions? Great steak is great You're steak. You're like, I've had great steak except from Argentina, it's, who arguably have the best steaks in the steak entire world. Steak is like barbecue ribs, though. At the elite level, it's it's an orgasmic experience. Yes. Anything short of that is a waste of your time. Fine. I wouldn't argue Whereas too much with that. a cheeseburger is like pizza Agreed. is like sloppy sex. A, che- a cheeseburger is, uh, listen, a cheeseburger is like a seven, but it's a solid seven. It's no, a consistent I've, seven. I've, I've been living in the tens. I live in a snooty area where the cheeseburgers are gourmet. You think, that you okay. think of gourmet fucking burgers and no other town in America? Every town in America has gourmet burgers. Okay. Uh, Come, dude, dude, here's the thing. Come to D.C. If you we're going to get a hundred dollar haircut. Can you get your brother involved? I mean, he dude, blows brother, me off. My brother Instagram. makes out of control burgers. So does he like edibles? He does actually, yes. Then can we make this work? Because I mean, I don't want to make out with him at the end, but I want to. What would hit? What would your brother and I have a common ground on? Music, maybe. I bet she's got music a, better a little bit. Music, a little bit. He probably um, likes nerdy shit, though. He like Ari. He probably loves REM and the Police. He uh, Police no REM. Yes. Yeah, I knew it. I knew yeah. it, bro. I knew police it. no. Fucking knew it. What year did he graduate high school though? Ninety six. Oh, that's my age. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Ninety six. Mm-hmm. Um, Is your real name Luke Thomas? Is that a real? Mm-hmm. What's your middle name? Something weird, right? Like Wilhelmina or something like... Uh, Wilhelmina? Buchanan or something named after the only gay president? Buch- 
No, it's none of those things. Okay, okay. It's quite normal. A little factoid. Well, fa- uh, yes. Uh, who was the only? Uh, who was the only president who was so fat he got stuck in the bathtub? Uh, who are the fat guys? Taft. Taft. Taft's okay. the one. Yeah. All right. Shout out Very to the good. fat guys. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move along here. Um, oh, by were- the way, Jose, here's what we're gonna do. So, a buddy of my wife's, his name is his name is Walter, but he's actually Argentinian, like full on Argentinian. Okay. Like, to the point where his English is like, pretty limited. Lucas Matisse's brother's name is Walter. He was a is that right? Pro. Yeah. yeah. You'd be surprised. You go to Latin America. There's some Jeffersons down there, but it's spelled with a Y. But you know how they pronounce the Y, the English Y, like a J. I don't really know that. So they don't say yogurt. They say yogurt, for example. Uh, not in all places. It just depends on the, the dialect. But I've seen a bunch of dudes down there named. You look at it. It says Jefferson, but it's Jefferson. So my wife doesn't call. Yoel Romero, Yoel Romero. She calls him Joel. That's how she pronounces it. Joel Homero? No, she calls it Romero. Then she's wrong, because in Brazil it's ho, ho, Jose. The correct pronunciation is always how a native would say it. Henin. And there are uh, plenty of people across Spanish-speaking Latin America who would say Joel Romero. Anyway, here's the point. When you come to the city, we're going to get steaks. We're going to cook them. <clears throat> and Walter is going to give us his. I mean, Walter is like... Proudly Argentinian. How I remember, is his English? I remember, uh, good enough. I remember one time I asked him, I was like, can I have the, re- the recipe to your chimichurri? He was like, no. And I go, why? He goes, Argentino hasta la muerte. Like, to the death, I'm Argentinian. No one else can have it. Oh, wow. Blah, blah, blah. But he, he'll, he'll, he'll make you a bunch and then give it to you. I got something to show you, Argentina. Keep talking. I got an Argentinian thing to show you. One of the weirdest moments in boxing is of the modern Is this some Instagram era. fit model with a big ass? And- no, hang with me here. Do you remember uh, a little bit of business on Showtime pay-per-view called Mayweather Maidana 1 yes. and 2? Do you remember before the first one that Maidana had a – yeah, Maidana had a traditional Argentinian national anthem player and um, – So the people can see it first. Let me see. I actually have never seen. Was he playing the flute? <laughs> I, think, I think he's going down on some guy there. And so you know racist. he did the Argentinian national so anthem racist. on a. Uh, you're not into that. You're no. so racist. Why All is right. that racist? I, people. Have let's all, make fun of the. Let's make fun of the others. It's 2020. Any race could go down on. Yeah, their and, own and Argentinians are mostly white, for example. Uh, although it's apparently hilarious because. If you find all the teams that you know have countries on the coast, they'll have black players like inevitably. But the Argentinian team, you ever looked at them? Like Messi, for example. You don't know shit about soccer, but you know who Leo Messi is, right? Yeah, yeah. He's as white as snow. He's real short, too. Yeah, they don't have any black players in the Argentinian teams or the Uruguayan team. Do they, they hate zero. black people? Because no, Brazil like, is a lot of blacks. Brazil is majority black. What about Colombia? Pretty black, right? Um, it's about like America. It's about like 10 plus percent. Okay, okay. Give or take. But, but, but here's the key. It's super concentrated. So, for example... If you go to where my wife is from in Bogota, you'll see like the occasional black person. It's not like a rare thing, but it's not common. Edison Miranda? Uh, you got to go to the coast. Okay, okay. And when you go to the coast, it's like 90% black. So, so the coast of Colombia is like Atlanta in our country? Significantly more so. It's Atlanta on Black College Spring Break weekend. East St. Louis. <laughs> something like that something like that yeah it's super what super about dc that's that's a fairly uh, dc when i grew up was called chocolate city and now it's like it's actually majority not black anymore oh that's gentrified yep. the, the the brooklyn bullshit happened the, the black population still represents the single most in the plurality but they don't have the majority anymore Okay. Uh, which drive-by trucker albums did you own? I forgot to close that conversation. Um, I've owned. Or were you more into the live game? More into the live game. 
But it was, um, God, I'll, you know, I'll play some of their songs here in a minute. Well, what's your what's your favorite one or two tracks? What what song? Like, um, I love Zip City. You know on, that I'll one? play it for you. You know what? Because now, now, the, now the music. because here's the deal. I I have I know a lot of DBT fans, and there's people I know that are Patterson Hood fans. He's their lead singer. Yeah, I'm much more of a of a Mike Cooley fan. He's the skinny lead guitar player. And then look, Jason Isbell is the best thing that ever happened to them. All right, I'll tell you which one I got. These are the ones that like really move me. When the pin hits the shell, might be my number one. Oh, that okay. So you're so you're more of a Patterson Hood guy. I'm gonna say it's like you can lie to your mother, you can lie yes. to your race, yes. but you can't lie to nobody when the cold with the cold uh, steel in your face. Or oh, women and whiskey, you know that song. Women that is so good. One. You it's know, if I make it through this year, gotta put this bottle down. Yeah, right. Like if I make it, I've been there. Look, I've been in my twenties. You, you know what I'm saying? You don't need to tell me about okay, the, the, okay. what the bottom of a bottle has for you. Yeah. Well, Gra- I, Gravity's Gone is one of my fa- favorite ones. Gravity's Gone is so good, that's and that was the one. first. Uh, that was the last album with Isbell. That song. Uh, yeah, that's. Really that was good. the chick who played bass. Shonda, who was Jason yeah. Isbell's wife, now yeah. he upgraded. He's married to uh, that uh, that uh, country chick. What's her name? You know what I'm saying? No. Who? Uh, who's Isbell married to? She's she's hot. Uh, I can't believe you don't know Isbell's Southeastern album. It'll change your life if you let it, but I don't I know. I haven't if... heard it. Dead, Drunk, and Naked? I haven't uh, heard that one. Amanda Shires is her name. Um, she's, is she, like, famous? or? Yeah, she's kind of like a country bluegrass uh, singer. Dead, Drunk, and Naked is a good song, too. But that's more uh, the early stuff. Anyway, let's get back to the show, Luke, okay? Oh, uh, people don't really want to see you searching for shit. I know. I don't give a fuck. It's the, it's the Red Shoe Diaries. What are we doing here? Pin hits the shell. Where the Devil Don't Stay might be their best song. That's so heavy. That's heavy as a ball bag. Listen to this shit. It's, it's great. Let me speak to this fucking thing. You can lie to your mom. You can lie to your race. But you can't lie to nobody with that cold steel in your All right, that's a, little, that's a little aggressive. <laughs> Luke, when you were your drunkest, what was your full-time job? Um... You were, were you a, was this a sad drunk period in your life or a happy drunk period? No, sad. Okay, well, so were you were you functioning or barely? Barely. All right. Uh, I'll turn this down. Uh, sadly, I don't want to. I don't want to talk more about it because it's just I'm sick of talking about it. But you talk about it, your drunkenness a lot. No, but this part of it, when, my, when my mom passed, I nearly drank myself to death, bro. And I, you know, I don't really want to revisit all that shit. Uh, yeah. What? You have one, I'll give you one question. Go about. Go ahead. What do you mean? You're gonna ask something. I'm not gonna ask something. No. All right. Yeah, I appreciate that. I okay. You, Luke. Okay. All right. Uh, I mean, you're an, you're a, you're an a hole, but I, I certainly you're a fucking a hole. You, know? you think that it's you and like half the audience on YouTube comment section versus me, and you don't realize it's me and you versus the world. You, you're can saying you, we're not you, unified can you, enough? Can you not text during you, the podcast? Are you saying we're not unified enough as a front? I'm saying you have weird allegiances that you don't need to have. Name one. Name one. You parsing the YouTube comment section for weird measures of support or even the weird parts where like they're insulting you and you're like, hey, you know what someone said in the YouTube comment section about me? And I'm like... No. Well, the no, reason I why I do that is because from day one, Luke, from my first episode on the MMA beat, I talked to you like, I don't fucking read any comments and all those people can die. Like that I was them, like I your, read them on occasion. But that was your like 
oh, I'm going to overbear and go go overboard on this. And I'm like, really? You don't read any comments? Like, I read some, of course. I'm not going to sit there and vanity search myself 12 hours a day. But if you're... You know who does that is Jalen... Uh, what's his face? Rose? Jalen Rose, yeah. Try it. Have a tweet about him and then see what happens. You'll get a response from I him. I thought you told me Mike Goldberg's like that, too. Uh, he might be. He Bruce might be. Buffer? I don't know. Forrest Griffin? He blocked me. I have three voicemails from Forrest Griffin from China. Right here, from right? China? Yeah, I had an interview set up. with. So do you, well, who do you have saved in your saved voicemails? Like I got probably 15 from my wife, three from my kids. I think I got one from my like None. grandma or something. None. I got uh, I got Forrest Griffin, yo. Oh, I don't know how to work this. Hold on. Campbell, Sports, Sports Griffin here. I was yeah. trying to call you on the other number, but I could not get through on that. He's being a professional. Yeah. Do we should, you want to crank call him? No, I don't want to do that. I'm 41 years old, please. All right. All right. I uh, love Forrest Griffin, by the way. Even in that Toyo Tire commercial, the weird one with Dom Reyes. The only thing I don't like about the commercial is like, why are you drinking water out of a coffee mug, you psychopath? Well, he is a little bit of a psychopath. Well, do maybe. you know what Forrest Griffin accomplished? Something that I do, Luke? Hmm. Like, you used to always say, you leaned pretty hard into that factory town bit, didn't well, you? Well, you just use it as an excuse for your imperfections. Uh, is it an excuse, though, or is it a justification? No, it's an excuse. The way you do it, it's an excuse. Well, what I'll say about this is why did we love Forrest Griffin? Because he wore his heart, we? soul, and intention on his sleeve and said, look, I'm trying my best to be, a, to be an elite fighter here. I'm an ultimate fighter, ex-factory worker, right? That's what I am in He's not an space. ex-factory worker. He's an ex-cop. That's what I am in this space. No, you're not. Right? You're not. I'm saying you I are don't, not Horatio I don't Alger. belong here and I don't want to belong here, but I'm going to show you that I can linger, okay? And I can hang and I can climb and I can Do get to the to? top. Do you have to? Do you have to? Where you're linger. like all frat boy, super elite, magna come often, you know, from <laughs> William and Mary, right? No, bro. I'm back dooring this shit. I'm John Starks. Give me another 10-day contract. You know what I'll do? Raise your ratings, okay? okay. I'll put the sizzle on your steak. Luke, without me, do you know what you are? Very popular. Dead, <laughs> dead animal. Bro. Okay, it's like, dude, I've got four times the audience you do, and you seem to think that like without you, I'd be you know just Here's foundering. Here's the difference: you have to know your role in this game. Tell me if I'm wrong. There are roles that we play. You are a you're That's a rock. True. You're a foundation. You're a guy that draws an audience, has a take, is more than happy doing masturbatory stuff in front of the camera for hours on end. I'm a I'm a you know steak and sizzle. I'm a, I'm a I'm a ketchup guy, right? I'm a you put me on something established and you can add. Okay, but the ketchup you can't eat alone, and the meat by itself without seasoning you can't eat. I'm alone. Mariano it's Rivera. The marriage. No, you're, you're not, not. You're not. You're not, asking you're not him Mario. To start you're not Mario you, okay? Rivera. You're just the ball. No, no, you're nothing. You're you're nothing. You're the uh, you know you're the big white guy who can pitch seven innings. That's great. But I'm gonna come in and shut the door on Wait, that who shit. Is, uh, right? Who was like one of the uh, what, not Andy Vance like? What am I? T- uh, I'm Pettit. Am I Pettit? You try the HGH. Yes, you're Andy Pettit. All right, yep. I'm Pettit. And okay. you, can, you can be you can be the greatest closer in the history of the game, motherfucker. You overstate your importance in this I don't equation. Understand what I bring here? All right. I do. I do. Dick jokes and fucking odd rapist smiles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do cucumbers taste better pickled? Which, of course, I, if cucumbers are pickled, bro, I fuck cucumbers in vinegar cucumbers. are pickles. That's I what. hate pickles and I hate cucumbers. My parents, uh, we went through a healthy. Both? Yeah, because we we didn't eat salads oh, much love as a both. kid. I got I got screwed up. Okay, most people like gradually get into salads and the healthy, and you know, by the time you're an adult, you're like, I want to eat this stuff because it helps me. I got I had no greens or salads or anything until like third grade, and then my parents were like, We're gonna eat. 
clean from the earth, right? You know, and you're good. And so for two years, we weren't allowed to eat anything but plates full of cucumbers. And I was just gagging. Oh, I and, see. I see what they did. And uh, so it's it scarred me. My relationship with vegetables is very much like my relationship with um, man-on-man love. <laughs> Dude, you can eat all the cucumbers you want. It's just not for me, bro. All right? Yeah, but to say you hate it, you said you hate cucumbers. I don't hate man-on-man yeah, love. It's yeah. not man-on-man until love. Until I try not, it, right? Yeah, it's, not, I, it's not necessarily for me, <laughs> yeah, I mean, until but I, I don't it. hate yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, I have, see, the difference is I have tried cucumbers, and um, they're in disgust. You know, my wife loves pickles. I'm like, they're fucking cucumbers. Well, here's what I would say. Actually, bro, I'm, I'm going to challenge you a little bit on your burger. I'm going to say this a little bit because everything you mentioned was good. But most burgers, what do they need? You need, you need the, the animal protein. You need the carbohydrate, which would be your – you could put stuff in the middle like fried onions, but it would be your bun. Okay. You need the fat, the creaminess, which would come from like you know, uh, 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 mustard or Dijonese or if some, some people it's mayo. It's not for me, but okay. Yep. Um, and you need also a little bit of um, acid, and that's where the pickles come into play. A little bit of that, a little bit of that no, really makes it go no, a long bro. way. No, no. See, here's the thing. People are like, well. If, if anybody it, who's a chef is watching, they're going to go, the guy on the left is right. The, the Sorry, your brother once owned a uh, restaurant. I get the it. The simpleton right? on the right, uh, who, who may speak for more people, still doesn't speak for the correct people. In this particular case, people know what they're Okay, let's about. say you love chocolate. I'm like, all right, I'm going to dip my penis in chocolate. Mm-hmm. It's still dick at the end of the day, that's right? That's the dumbest comparison no, that, that I've is ever a cu- heard. That is the, the cucumber's evolution into The idea a, into of a adding pickle. acid is to add all the different things your tongue could reasonably get a hold of, and it completes the full palette of flavors. <sighs> and to a degree, they balance the, each other out. The fat, the creaminess with the acid, they cancel each other. One of the best things you can eat is like rice with some kind of... Why do you think the Japanese do it? They have rice and they have soy sauce. The carbohydrate cuts the acid and vice versa between the two. Or the salt in that particular case. It's vegetable lasagna at the end of the day. You take my favorite thing, but you stick the thing I hate the worst in it? No. So, oh, pickled juice is great. Yeah, well, there's a freaking cucumber underneath that, all right? I don't, I don't do that. I don't, you know? We went to a nice restaurant yesterday, and this dude, of all the things in the menu, he's like, yo, let me get the lamest shit you got on that menu. I want to get no. I want to get <laughs> shit. Was, you can get at any fucking restaurant. <laughs> this is not something that happened. Bake you know? that chicken. Put some fucking salt and pepper on it, and bring me that shit. Meanwhile, we're having you know Italian gnocchi and fucking. Well, what I was going to order, you ended up ordering as an appetizer for the table. Which I was going to order that gnocchi and in, uh, in so order pasta. more of it and have it for yourself. Uh, instead, I housed the app. <laughs> All right, I took them downtown, bro. I I was like OJ with Ron Goldman on those apps, right? You were slitting your throat. So look, as bad as hiding that joke, in Cato Caleb's So look, hold on for one second. As bad as that joke is, and shout out to the Goldmans. Luke? Yeah, f- shout out. <laughs> you were false. He was. My peeps. I mean, I'm not saying OJ should have went to that level, but <laughs> this guy was sleeping with his wife, right? Or were they, they, were they officially divorced at that point? Does it matter? I don't know. All right. I don't know. Uh, okay. Honest opinion of Dillashaw's return. Do you think he can recapture the Bantamweight title and his pound-for-pound spot? It's unlikely that he recaptures both. The problem is uh, Bantamweight moved on without him. Yeah, you're right. You're so right. even if he is just as good, the talent got way harder. I, I don't see how he can be just as good, even though I believe that most people are using. He might be better than you think he is. I, I tend to think. Oh, dude, I was. I was. The guy, as much as people think. Do you realize that I was the protector of all things Dillashaw? Killashaw? I was the guy who came on. Um, the, you remember the MMA beat? I came on there and I boldly said he's going to knock 
Cody out to get that title back. And you and Danny Segura and Chuck in the hat were like, you know, bro, I don't, I don't really know about that. We don't make predictions on this show. We're very sensitive about that. Bro, it's not about sensitive. We just don't like next? lying to the audience. Do you realize what happened next? TJ won that shit back, all right? Yeah, he did. Uh, although there's a question about how he did it. I was there. Were you in New York that night? 217, great pay-per-view. Great freaking pay-per-view. Uh, which one was this? That was the GSP Bizping. Yes. Rose mm-hmm. and uh, JJ. I was there. Oh. I was there. Yeah, that, You know, you didn't. You probably didn't celebrate Rose's win over Yami, or over uh, Young Jacek because she hadn't broken your heart yet. I'm not that petty. Dude, when, I, I always said this. Just because you don't like certain fighters, you really can't let that affect the way in which you give pre- or post-fight analysis about them. So, for example, like I didn't know what was going to happen in the Wei Li Zhang fight because it was hard to tell. I mean, going in, it was just you just didn't know. I think I leaned slightly towards Zhang just because she was younger and fresher, but she was she was unchallenged in the way that Yoana could challenge her. But dude, after the fight, a I thought Yoana won. I still think Yoana won. Uh, two, dude, with she got fucking disfigured on there. You can't be a normal human and look at what she did and not honor, A, the performance, whether you think she won or she lost. And then, two, what she sacrificed. Like, holy fuck. Do you remember, remember like, a week later when she took a picture and it looked like she was fucking black? Yeah, yeah. Because the the swelling had gone down, but the bruising was still everywhere. Like, holy shit, man. And she only got paid, like, 200 grand for that shit. It's a fucking crime. So, like, that I personally don't have an enormous amount of, you know, affection for her. Okay, I don't. But I have an enormous amount of respect for her as a fighter. And I am, I think, reasonably able to differentiate the and two. And as a fashion model. Um, I will say this. I, I kind of fancy myself as the Ioana of the uh, combat sports media space. Are you just saying words? <laughs> I think you're just saying words. No, no, I meant that. I didn't mean that. Uh, do you have any fun stories of attending or watching combat sports events while inebriated? I mean, virtually all of them have been in that state. So I don't have any one in particular. Yeah, the the first um, fight card I ever went as a fan, and and I think it's the only one. It's actually the only fight card I've ever been to as a fan, not working. Okay, it was a Showbox, two thousand five Friday night, Mohegan Sun Arena. It was. Uh, Did you and the rapper Apathy go? David Estrada against uh, Chris Smith in the main event. Not that important. Andre Berto on the undercard. But, wow. But in between fights. So when they, trans- when they transformation, Luke, from the undercard to the Showtime main card, all these dudes come in and they start, they start putting up the banners and changing them and get the Showtime banners out. And there's a dude in, on the, in the center of the ring on a ladder. And he, had, he was like a, a, like a roadie, right? And he had this ridiculous long ponytail and he's this fat dude. And he got up to the top of the ladder. And there's probably like a thousand people in the arena. And I'm like... Yeah, fat dude with the ridiculous uh, mohawk or, you know, whatever. And I just ripped his hair so bad, but I underestimated how little the noise was in the arena. And it was like he stopped. He turned around and he was just like, fuck you. And then gave me a look like I'll be seeing you later. And and at that point, I was unable to hide because there was just nobody in the arena. You know, there was also a guy sitting behind me in a suit, but no front teeth as if you'd been like knocked out. And he was, and when there was uh, Andre Berto in his pro debut, knocked somebody down. He goes, he went down like the Twin Towers, and everybody in the crowd was like, "Yeah, the old Adesanya joke." Yeah, that? that's not good. not not a good one. Uh, the only one I have would not be a combat sports event, but I got, uh, I didn't get drunk, but I was just an asshole in uh, high school, and me and my friends went out to a Braves game, and uh, I remember Ron Gant was playing. Was it left field? Um, and I'll never forget, there was this woman like three rows down who had, she had large breasts. 
<laughs> which, which, and where which, I come from, we'd say she had a nice rack. Yeah, she had big ass titties. It's, yeah. it's the way. It's the way I commonly. Hopefully, she had a nice rack. Yeah, she commonly, was doing a lot of yard work. Yeah, would the, 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 you take that to the debutante ball with you? Uh, anyway, so we proceeded to make you know unbearable comments that uh, went on for about seven or eight innings until the point where the husband got up and looked at all of us and was like. It just straight up threatened us. I mean, if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm going to fight all of you right here. You're all pieces of shit. And he was completely in the right. Like, I look back on it, like, quite ashamedly. The only thing about this that was funny was what happened next, which was uh, we were like, okay, all right, man. You know, we're just here having fun, but you want a fist fight. We're teenagers. Do your thing. Okay, we're, you know, we're, all right, you win. Uh, he would have kicked your ass. Oh, he would have totally kicked your ass. I mean, he was like, even, even just because he was more heated, if nothing yes, else. Yes, yes. All right, he was super heated. I was eating some, you know, this was uh, Fulton County Stadium before even Turner had been around. And oh, I rem- he'd been around then. Uh, Turner Stadium was the one they replaced okay. with, with that with Fulton County. He tried to make himself the manager for one day. <sighs> Can I please finish the Thank story? You. Anyway, and then um, somebody who in my crew, like, finished their hot dog or something and then took the wrapper and then just threw it in the air and it hit me. And I go, oh, shit. Because he remember he had said, if one of you curses one more time, you know, it's going to be on, blah, blah, blah. Because it wasn't just that we were making other totally inappropriate references. Anyway, so I say, oh, shit. Okay, but I, I, didn't, I didn't even, I wasn't like, I didn't yell it. And I wasn't, definitely wasn't directing it at him. He hears it and, <laughs> and stands up and turns around and thinks it's my friend to my left who said it. He goes, did. <laughs> he goes, did. He was like, I mean, you could see the fucking steam coming out of his ears. He goes, did, did you just tell me to eat your shit? <laughs> so I did that bit like Jim Carrey when Seabass comes over in Dumb and Dumber. And he's like, who, who, who threw that? And I was over like, mm-hmm. looking around. And this guy gets up in my friend's face, spittle flying everywhere like, fuck you, I'll kill you. And I was trying to contain the laughter. If he had thrown punches, I would have intervened. But I loved He was like, I didn't even do nothing. I didn't even do nothing. And the guy was still up in his grill. He, they eventually left because we were complete dickheads. Wow. So. Would you sell me out that same way in front of a fighter if he was now, angry? Now I yet? would not do it. But back then, I did it. Because Phil Baroni slid in my DMs the other day and threatened <laughs> my life. I love Phil Baroni. I mean, dude, I love the badass. What would he say? Uh he said, I like men, basically, at the end of the day. You know? Oh, did he use a six-letter F word? It may have happened, but I love him anyway. You know, he's going through some rough times right now. Do you remember the fight with Shamrock? D- BC, where is your favorite hot dog from? doesn't have to be a gas station. It's a great question. I live in, I come from, sorry, I come from Naugatuck, Connecticut, in the uh, industrial Naugatuck Valley. Nobody cares. They have an Al's hot dog stand there that's legendary. But I think the best Legendary. Hot, the best hot dogs is that what that is the best hot dogs in the world are in Waterbury, Connecticut, of all places, at a place called Blackie's on the Waterbury Cheshire line. Okay, <laughs> and Blackie's is this old school place, Luke, where when you walk up, you have to speak the lingo, soup, you know, soup Nazi style. Right? You know, you have to go up there and be like, "Give me two without or whatever." And if you don't speak it, they're mean to you, or they're probably mean to you anyway. But yeah. Um, they're, they're smaller than normal, so you can go in there and eat like 16 of them. You're going to laugh at this, but we've been over this a little bit. The best hot dogs in the world are in Colombia. I did see your, your photos they're, on this. They look game sensational. is out of control. Uh, I, and I, here's the thing. I'm with you. My wife told me that, and I did the whole American thing. I go, listen, lady. 
in Los Estados Unidos. We invented the hot dog. There's no fucking way that some South American nation has got it on lock. And she goes, okay, bitch. Okay. Okay. Oh. And so we went to a place that served what they call, you know, perros. Uh, Perros, dogs. Same thing. Same word. All right. And we went there, and I was so blown away, I couldn't even front. I was like, okay, all right. You win. Now, let's talk hot dog uh, etiquette here, in a sense. Okay? okay? I'm a ketchup guy. I love a ketchup on my dog. My dad, who's old school, says that's a crime. You're, you, know, you should be jailed where I come from, meaning the 1950s or 60s. It was mustard and relish or both or nothing else. Okay. Dude, hot dog, ketchup on a hot dog is like America. That's like... Strictly That's hot, like breasts strictly, on a woman, right? Strictly ketchup? Yeah, I mean, like it, the dog it, the dude, if and... I've got a chance to put the onions on, I'll do it. Okay, so but, we're talking about like an ideal situation. I would not put strictly ketchup on. Okay, if you're going to Cumberland Farms or 7-Eleven and you're like, you know, fuck it, bro. I'll get two hot dogs. What are you putting on there? From a gas station? Yes. Because those are great, by the mustard, way. Mustard, and probably that's it. You know what's great? Well, for, okay, there's a place in New Britain, Connecticut. Not eating at gas stations? New Britain, Connecticut, a place called Capital Lunch, shout out, where they do the full Coney Dog style with the, you know, with the chili on it. I love that shit. Where you get the chili and the fried onions. That's great. But if I'm going to the gas station, I'm just putting ketchup on. You, you really can't do anything about that. I think you need to work on your palate. That's what I think. You've got a little bit of a limited palate. Uh, are you tired of the Diaz brothers having the power to dip in and out as they please? I don't they, think they have that power. They are solid fighters. I think they're just roadblocks at this time, this person writes. What do you think? I mean, you're not wrong in a sense. The roadblock element is that for forever, UFC didn't want to pay them. And now it appears that they do, but it appears that the Diaz are still still need to be coddled, Luke. And Dana and company are not going to coddle them, right? No, they're not the coddlers. They need to be coddled. They need to be... You need to make the Diaz... It's like dealing with an in-law. You need to make the Diaz's feel like it's their decision, right? When in reality, you have the plan all along. You can't just say, hey, Nate, we want you to fight Dustin Poirier at Madison Square Garden. You have to, like, trick him into it in a way. True or false? we got to move through these questions. Why'd you put Crawford at number three on your Dude, pound for pound ranking? Dude, you're a dick, right? Why'd you put Crawford at number three on your pound for pound ranking? Okay, rankings? it's a little bit controversial. Terrence Crawford, the unbeaten welterweight champion. Says, I'm saying this because of the competition Crawford fought and was lacking, and then put Inouye at two. I can't even name many guys Inouye fought. Okay, if you don't, if you, then you're not a hardcore, first of all. Uh, but here's what I'm going to say. It's a rare time right now for boxing pound for pound where normally there's one guy or there's Manny or Floyd and you pick. There's like four or five guys right now. Canelo's not number one? Canelo's my number one. Okay. Before Lomachenko lost, a lot of people had him. You're not wrong if you have Crawford, Inoue, or Spence as your pound for pound number one. There was even a rare period where Usyk was in that discussion, okay? But, Luke, when it's all said and done, Crawford's on the other side of the street at top rank in ESPN. Tell me if I'm wrong. And all the really good welterweights are with the PBC, right? Correct. So he has had a somewhat limited number of elite opponents. Whereas, you know what, Naoa Inoue, the Japanese monster, do you know this man? Uh, I did because of what he did last year. He, he, every, came, he came across my radar dude, last he year. He went for a title in like his fifth or sixth fight. Every time he moves up, he carries the power with him. He is incredible. That power, regardless of weight, would F some people up. This is a man. 
coming out of Japan. You're going to see him this weekend. he's got tons of heart, too. He does. He fought with a broken orbital bone against Stonair for yes. 10 rounds. Ten, basically, yes. And he got rocked in the ninth. And, and, then one, and not just that, he won the fight against Stonair. He said this week when he got rocked in the ninth, he just kept thinking about his children and about their future, and it, and it brought him back from the dead. All right. If UFC was a weird Russian tag team match fight and Habib and GSP were on one team, who would you put as their opponents, regardless of weight, to stand a chance? Okay, let's think about this. Wrestlers who have gas tank for days, good defense. And I think not they're su- talking pro wrestling, and you're thinking amateur. No, no, no. They're talking Russian MMA where you can do multiple like fighter on fighter. Oh, okay. Colby Covington, honestly, is one name that kind of comes to mind. Because of the tank. The tank is ridiculous, and he is offensive-minded. Um, but he doesn't have finishing power. No. And his boomerang defense is suspect. <laughs> How good is yours? Mine's pretty bad. Um Regardless of size, I mean, would you do Kane or some shit? I mean, what would you know? I'm trying to think somewhere in the ballpark of where he at, where he is. Would you do Weidman? I'd, is I'd Khabib pro- or I'd pick GSP a, a knockout can threat I, for Can Weidman? I pick Dagestanis? Because sure. those guys have gas tanks for days. They'll wrestle you through the ground. Yeah, they're pretty fucking tough. I'm picking everyone named... Everyone with Nurmagomedov or Islam or... Uh, some the variation of Medoff in their name. That's not racist. That's actually pro one race, right? Don't you find it a little bit weird that, like, all the rules of... That's not the rules. How do I say this? Those dudes who come out of that region, they're not... Nothing that, is, nothing that would intimidate Americans intimidates them. Yes. You, could you get off yes. slack, motherfucker? Dude, please. I got to see if this Bellator card's heating up. All it's right. not heating up. It's on the prelims. How could it be heating up? Uh, af- after Bush. Gastelum lost to Till and Romero to Izzy, why don't we see those two put together? Gastelum versus Romero. God, yes. Yes. If you could navigate the end of Romero's career, not knowing how many elite fights he has next, who do you, who do you really, regardless of weight, who do you really want to see him against? 205. Could he survive at 205? Sure. That? Sure. He can box. Yo, he can box. His brother, right? Mm-hmm. What's his name? Yoan uh, Pablo uh, Hernandez? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> his brother was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. If you guys never became combat sports analysts, what profession do you think you would have gone to? Uh, my freshman year in college, I was a physical education major under the guise of thinking the, the, the quickest path to the majors, meaning the shortest amount of care you can show in college to still get a functional job that you can raise a family and own a house was gym teacher, I thought. So I did that. Changed it to journalism. I mean, if I wasn't covering combat sports, I don't know. Would I be covering? What would your folks do for a living? Would I be covering high school football for a newspaper for 40 years? Maybe. Um, my dad was a fireman. My mom. That's um, a super noble profession. Damn right. Did he retire? Uh, yeah, he retired at 46 and moved to Florida and has a giant pension. I mean, he, he figured Fuck. out the, the he system. Figured the whole, dude, he gamed that shit perfectly. My mom was uh, various jobs, but, you know, high-level office stuff. Could do uh, office manager type stuff. So, um Good yeah. for your dad, dude. Your dad's killing the game. Yeah, he is. You know, he, he has. He looks like he looks like an older version of you. Actually, Luke. you never thought about doing that shit. No. Um, I, I did take the test. Um, I took the physical fireman test when I was like twenty eight, just in case, and I came in fourth and I passed it. You got to carry, dude. That fireman test is hard. You got to carry that hundred and thirty pound dummy for like a long ass distance. You got to crawl in the dark on your face through some shit. There's yeah, a lot not of easy, bro. You got to be I w- you got to go on the um 
on the treadmill, on the stair machine with a, with a weighted vest, and I was watching these giant dudes just pass out in front of me and fall over. It was pretty scary. All right. All right. If you guys never became combat sports analysts, what profession do you think you – oh, that's what I asked you. What's your, what's your answer, I Luke? definitely would have done political uh, communication of some kind. I was already doing speech writing, and I gave that up to do basically full-time this. I would have just kept going with that. Luke, I don't think you're long for combat sports. Everyone tells I, I you're like the fifth person to tell me that, and I don't understand why because I don't really have any designs at the present moment to do other things. Politics is a beat that never goes out of style. Yeah, that's true. And in, in your self-sufficient A, meaning you buy your own technology, you upgrade, you evolve, shouldn't you be in the sp- political sphere? I mean, I, I need you. I don't need you to go. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I could do it. Yeah. I could do it, but I don't would really... You, would you look yourself in the mirror at night and be happy with who you see on the other side? No, I hated that job. I really hated that job. Would you consider your dad in politics in the job he had, or no, or just government? Yeah, more government. Okay. More government. Um, what was your middle name again? It's... Uh, damn, what, what, was, what was the name I can think of? That would Did really... you have to think that hard for your own middle no, name? No, I know what it is. I'm trying to not tell you. I'll tell you something else. My middle name is Lex the Impaler. So you got a really bad middle name, search, and you're afraid to share it. Search that on YouTube. Have you gone public with your middle name yet? Yes, of course. I mean, I'm just doing this as, as a bit. All right, uh, let's see. Someone writes, I'm a theoretical mathematician with degrees in discrete structures, and I plan on submitting a new system for scoring an MMA that takes a minute-by-minute basis into account, as well as initiative. Are there any other variables that should be looked at for scoring Besides what is announced at the beginning of the event? I guess he means like tail of the tape? No, variables for scoring. Tail of the tape wouldn't affect your scoring. No, no, no. Are there any other variables that should be looked at for scoring besides what is announced at the beginning of the event? He's saying, are, are there elements of a round that we're not scoring that we should to better allow us to get an accurate score of who runs I don't think that's what he is asking. Are there any other variables that should be looked at for scoring Besides what is announced, so that is the basis of what, what our conversation is. Is what so is what announced? You, so what is what has been announced that that you're scoring in MMA? You're scoring damage. You're scoring damage primarily. cage control to a degree. Only, only damage, uh, effective grappling, and effective striking first, and then after that. Okay, because boxing you have more. There's defense. There's effective aggression. There's like yeah. different sort of things. Um, MMA is a little more. Simple. So he's asking. I think he, what he's asking is: Are there elements of the MMA game that we're not weighing enough in terms of who wins? You know, we used to overrate takedowns, right? Now, if you don't do anything with a takedown... Well, now I think we underrate them personally. But, yes, uh, I agree. But um, I don't know how to answer that question without getting better clarification of it. A punt, a straight-up punt from, from... Also, do we need to know he was a mathematician? Well, like you... Couldn't you have just answered, asked the question? Like you, people that have, you know, they like, you know, pull that, so I got, my, I got a producer credit, I went to William & Mary, I, my dad was a politician. The only reason I brought the producer credit up is because you tried to challenge me in a way that you couldn't. You forced my hand. In what way? How did I bring? I forget it what it was at this point, but I remember the time being like, "All right, I got to pull it out now. I got to pull it out, bro." Bro, um, bro I'm the ketchup in this burger. All right, I'm the blue cheese. No, okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and I'll you're f- just ketchup. I'll That's find another piece of meat, bro. Okay, I don't oh, need oh, you. Yeah, I don't you need mean? you. Okay? Yeah, is that what it is? Okay, you know what I'm saying, Mr. Twenty Five K on Twitter. 
Do I care? Do I care? That's that's just the problem. Like Forrest, that's, though. You think, oh, I'll just align with these major corporate brands, and by virtue of magic, their big audience will just translate maybe, into awareness of my or content. Or maybe I'll just live when my that personal work that life way and, at all. Maybe I'll just live my personal life and be real happy listening to Genesis Records in my basement no, and not trying to improve my that social status. Has there stature. ever been a time when you weren't uh, able to be completely honest on your thoughts about a fighter? Uh, due to pressure from higher ups, managers, or certain MMA league presidents. All right. The, the, yes, and I want to I want to preface it like this: not specific pressure of don't say this, but I think that look, if you're a journalist, there are some lines that traditionally you don't want to cross. Here's how I'm going to frame this: Luke, there are people who think I just appeared on the combat media scene like in the past year. Yeah, that's because I blew up your spot. That's why. Because your bland meat finally got the uh, the you know the the wrapping it needed this whole time. Um, so and and you know the thing I'll say to that is I went a lot of years, Luke, trying to belong, trying to prove I fit in, but not being me. And tell me if I, tell me if I'm incorrect on this, okay? okay? You know when there's a big fight that crosses over to the level that your friends from high school or college or whatever are texting you about it, right? Yes. And they always want to know either who should I bet on, who's going to win this, whatever. And there's two answers you can give them. There's the I'm on camera for a major corporation answer, which would be to not necessarily overexpose certain things, but just sort of say, well, if this guy outboxes this guy. And then there's the thing you tell your friend, which is fighter B is washed. Fighter A might actually be on roids. So if the fight goes into the late rounds, don't favor him. I one day woke up and said, why do I have two different opinions? Why can't they be the same, Luke? Man, that's real noble and brave. It's deep, right? It's deep as shit. You think that that is somehow some interesting revelation when the everyone moment, goes through that. The moment I bridge those two caps together, Luke, yeah. the phone ringing. Yeah, how come you're not blocked still by Dana ringing. White? I'll tell you why. Still ringing, bro. Because you got generic opinions. Still ringing, bro. Okay, still ringing. Uh, the answer is not in the way the person has framed it, but I have definitely had moments where I have let personal like of a fighter affect the way in which I viewed them. Yes. And it took wake-up yes. calls for me to be like, you know what, I was wrong for that. But not to, like, curry favor. Not in that way. No, but... But I've definitely... But there's definitely times I've looked back and I was like, I was drinking I was drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit. And there's also times, you know, if I play up this certain element of the larger storyline, it doesn't favor anybody and sets me back. But also, here's one thing I think folks don't understand about the show. We're not... We don't say things we don't believe, but we will go through the process of debate such that we'll air views that we may not necessarily espouse for the purpose of having a broader conversation about these things. I disagree with that. Are you saying that... You don't really, you've done it to me, motherfucker. How can you say you disagree? What, what have I done to you? a statement of fact. What have I done to you? No. In the, it's a routine exercise. Well, Luke, what about the idea that blah, blah, okay. blah, 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 blah. What about the idea is different than, hey, you know what? Even though I don't really no, believe I'm it, not I'm going to bailish your ass, all right? I'm not saying you're skipping this. I'm saying we'll give oxygen to ideas. Okay. Yes, for the purpose of conversation, yeah. plus also for the... Look, a lot of times we're wrong. A lot of times the betting odds men are wrong. A lot of times you don't see something coming, so I want to paint the full picture. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't take on a certain stance to fill a gap, though. All right, all right let's move this along. Um, what do you make of a Wednesday night card four times a month with no headliner, which is to say no names except incoming uh, Contender Series debuts, and one stacked pay-per-view a month, and another ESPN card plus per month with only 1 to 20 ranked fires on the card. Motherfucker, this sounds way too complicated and unnecessary. How about just making available fights to the extent that they are available? 
you have no care that that man's a dedicated customer of our of our shop and he's loves us and he had a great idea and you're like motherfucker you you know no this is somebody who is earnestly asking an, a, a reasonable question but it's a question born out of i'm gonna guess and i could be wrong relatively modern fandom or maybe he trying to answer the question about like how, what do you do with so many different fighters and so many different events is there a better way to organize it and the answer is the matchmaker model has lots of problems but the freedom to organize in the way that they do is one of the things that on balance is better about it Luke how do you sleep at night easily uh, no with drugs not easily <laughs> with drugs drugs is the correct answer thank you uh, is anyone else in here? Ask that question. The guy wrote it. I'm going to answer it. All right. What do you got? Why isn't GSP versus Adesanya talked about or hypothetically discussed more? In theory, it offers a lot of the same benefits as GSP. I'll tell you right now. Go ahead. Because there's nothing for GSP to gain in that fight, and he's more likely to lose it. Meaning he would fight Habib because he would have a shot at becoming the only three division champion in UFC history. And the fact that GFC GSP believes GFC. That, he, that he can make the weight and win it was the driving force in it. Why did he move up to middleweight to prove to us that he is, you know, look, the guys that are at the goat table, it's hard to get there. It's harder to separate yourself from the others. GSP wanted to do that. Look, you have to give that man a ton of respect. GSP. I do. His whole career plus him saying, you know what? I'm going to cut down to 55 at 39. You know, who does that, bro? GSP? Yeah, well, he's not going to get a chance to unless, hey, unless Dana. This is a question for you, you fucking creep. (laughs) If you could have a date with any fighter, (laughs) who and why? We can't have that talk. Maybe on our Patreon show. Let me say this. Let me say this. Yeah, we'll put this on our Patreon show. We don't have a Patreon. Number one. Number two. You think I want to go on a date? <laughs> I would. I would. Uh, oh, really? No. Nah, I want to go and make conversation and pretend I'm somebody I'm not and well, spend a, a shitload of money. Has, has different chapters to it, Luke. There's different say things that happen on a date. Let me say right? something. There's a lot of reasons why I don't want to get divorced. What is it? I love my wife deeply. Oh, dude, that's what I'm saying. In another, it's hold on, hold on. Like another yeah, I love my wife deeply. Universe. Uh, you know, uh, I could never imagine myself with anybody else. Exactly. Blah 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 blah. Okay. The other at the bottom of that list is also going to be, dude, dating is fucking taxing. Fuck that. It's also exciting, Luke, but it is taxing. It is taxing. It can be exciting. It's a lot of, it, listen, it's like hitting the lottery. It's like there's no difference. I mean, there's no, either you hit it or you didn't, right? And so most of the scratch offs. Well, dating is a lot like either you hit it or you didn't uh, as well, you know? Not for me, but I don't really have that history, but yeah. The, uh, how, how many women have you slept with? <laughs> Why, really? Really, we're here. <laughs> I'm going to guess my numbers. Not that I have anything to brag about. Oh, I'm going to guess go. mine is slightly uh, higher. He had two swords in his satchel. The producer sword and the, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I bet you I bang more girls than you. You know, I mean, really. This just is saying weird. it's a relevant thing. Uh, yeah. I would never want to go on a date. But if we're just going straight to the booty, what do you think? <laughs> i got to go straw away, right? If, I, if I'm going. Sorry, nothing, nothing. I'll just say. Uh, no on our OnlyFans after show, I got a lot of. We should have an OnlyFans channel. It would be absolutely filthy and awful and totally of ill repute. We would get a lot of male fighters in our DMs threatening us like Phil Peroni <laughs> did to me, right? Remember when Forrest Griffin... Or, or just egging us on. Remember when Forrest Griffin tried to fight you? He didn't try to fight me. He just threatened me verbally. Oh, boy. I love that man. Uh, all right. Although Chandler and Ferguson... Excuse me. Chandler versus... I can't read for shit. Where are my glasses? Oh, 
Although Chandler versus Ferguson seems more likely, are we sleeping on what a dynamite matchup Ferguson versus Oliveira could be? Well, in theory, can I... Can People I, are sleeping on Oliveira. Can I close this conversation by saying anyone in the top ten of lightweight against each other is sex? So, first of all, that's that. I, I, people are blowing Oliveira... People are going to Doe Bronx a little bit too hard right now. Okay? I, don't, I disagree. I, think I mean, that, he's I, great, but, like, there are other... The issue isn't that you can go to him as a guaranteed winner. The issue is win or lose, he'd be exciting. And given his recent improvements... There's at least reasons to think he'd be com- more competitive than he had been in his early start. Long term, does he take Barbosa's old role as the elite and exciting lightweight who never actually wins? See, the that's big the one? thing. I don't know. So I think some of these questions being answered with more matchups will tell us. I love Barbosa. Uh, yeah, he's great. No, 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 Luke, look, take it to the next level. Dun, I, I love dun, him. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> uh. Uh, now that Max has fought Volkanovski twice and the lightweight division is more open, does it make sense for him to move back up? We've kind of been over that. Luke, I just moved from the Netherlands to California. Why? Jesus. And I was wondering if you think that Dutch kickboxing could be a potential base for a fighter in modern MMA. Yeah, Ooh, This is a good be. question for you, Luke. Please answer that. It could be. I love the Dutch. Have you ever been to the Netherlands? No. Wow, dude, you don't know what you're missing. You don't know what you're missing. Let me explain something to you about the Are Dutch. You talking about the red light district? That's the you could get rid of it and it wouldn't change my opinion. You're talking about the weed district? First of all, it's not even legal. They just it's it's they don't prosecute it. There's actually a thing called coffee shops and then coffee shops, two words versus one word. You want to find the one that's one word and that's where they have the weed. But okay, um, that part's not that great because laws are changing here slowly but surely and whatever. Still pretty great. Still, it's still great, but it's not. That's not what makes the Netherlands the Netherlands. Uh, I've talked to this about the Dutch, and they don't appreciate this. At least not as much as I do. The Dutch basically have wait, wait, the Dutch are Holland and Netherlands, but not Denmark. They're the Danish. Correct. The, so, the, the, Denmar- the, uh, the Denmark are Danes. So that that awesome guy, Kelly Matisson, he's a he's a he's a Danish fella. Who's the the new guy? Who um, the the Olympic wrestler? The um, God, what is his name? I had him on my show. I forget his name now. Mark O. Madsen. Yes. He's a fucking beast. He's out of Denmark, he's a, too. Uh, so he's, the, Danish. The, he's Danish. Got yeah. it. So he's we're, not, talking, we're talking just the Netherlands, okay? The Dutch. The Dutch. The talking Dutch. about the Dutch. Okay. Those are wooden shoes in windmills. Correct. In Basruten. Correct. Okay. I've never seen a place where I was there and I thought to myself, they've just figured out how to arrange society here. This is how it should look. So if this country went to hell, and I know you're saying... Well, it actually already is right now. <laughs> I've actually said nothing of the kind. <laughs> right? Yeah, one of us served this country. One of us did. Oh, I forgot. One of us got sign the nation's up. capital tattooed on yeah, the sign flesh, up. too. Bro. One of us actually put our money where the mouth is. One of us didn't. And one of us is well more adjusted to regular society because <laughs> of that. This guy right here, right? Oh, but I will say this, though, Luke. Um, where were we going? Oh, so you're asking like if shit went like haywire? Oh, like, yeah. What would be your country of of uh, of run? Would you join? Would you join the Bronsteader Helwani clan up north? Canada is great. You've been to Canada. There are elements that I love of Canada. You've yes. been to Canada? <laughs> really? I'm asking. You've been to Canada? Yes, I've been to Montreal twice. Montreal is one of the great cities of the world. Okay, let, no, let's actually be honest about this. I've been to Montreal twice, and I actually have never been to Canada beyond that. My people are from. Do you know I'm 50% Luke French Canadian, right? My people are from Quebec. French Canadian. All right, you're right. Here's what you have no connection to them right, other than some kind you. of ancestry.com. Here's how you, no, no, look at me, look at me, mm. look at me. 
Every person. In, I'm the captain. <laughs> every person in theory has eight eight great grandparents, right? Yep. Because your parent, each of your parents has four grandparents. You right? can tell the story quicker. Yes. So, I am four eighths, one half Lithuanian, three eighths French Canadian, and a and an eighth Irish. Just genetically, you are culturally none of these things. Okay, I didn't say that. I'm talking about what what yeah. what fuels me. Then what are you, Luke? Fifty percent Armenian. I'm a hundred percent American. No, no, Luke. F- first of all, really, you're gonna you're gonna do- you're gonna doubt my credentials, bitch. My credentials as like gung ho American, they outweigh yours, amigo. I went to Paris Island. I stood on the yellow footprints. I earned that shit. You're not gonna take it away from me because you live into a factory town. <laughs> you don't know what I had to earn there. I'll yeah, say that you don't know what I had to earn there, motherfucker. Right. You're not gonna take it away from me. You're not gonna take it away from me. All right. So what are you? You're 50 percent Armenian. No, because my mom is nominally Armenian. She grew up with an Armenian, uh, but her parents are Armenians. Yeah, so but 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 in Lebanon, like I don't matter. I don't know how much matter. Armenian she even spoke. Doesn't they spoke matter. French, German, and Arabic at home. It's about the blood. It's not about the culture. Nah, that's not quite true. That's really. And not then, quite what true. is your dad makeup? American. He's a, he's a, okay, bro, dude. Obviously, what is he? Where did his ancestors? European. Uh, they mix? are from we think e- England or Ireland. We're not quite sure. All right, that makes Anglo-Saxon of some that kind. Makes sense, dude. Yeah. You are trying to stiff arm Europe and say. I'm American, motherfucker. Like, cause you watch. I'm trying to stiff arm anything. You live but you, in Washington, people, D.C., people bro. like people claim like, oh, I'm a fucking quarter German. You know nothing about Germany. You've never been to Germany. You don't speak any German. You have no connection to it. I don't have any real connection to Armenia in that way. I have much more of a connection to Lebanon in that way, culturally, anyway. Hang out with Tarverdian for a week. You'll have a deeper connection, all right? Uh, yeah, maybe, but you know, I don't have it in the same way. I don't reject it, but I don't. I don't. I can't claim it. It's not like a thing I did. And so I think when people, I think when Americans are like, I'm fucking a quarter Irish. Why? Because you had an Irish car bomb on fucking St. Patrick's Day. Is that what makes you? Is that what makes you Irish? You fucking move. You bang somebody named Jane one time. Yeah, yeah. You know, none of this makes you Irish. You have to be a part of that land and that culture. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do I think Dutch kickboxing could be a base for a modern MMA? Maybe a little bit, but I, that's not the way I would go. Modern MMA striking, the best ones, take something and then just it's you have to have a striking style specific to MMA, not something that's good for something else, and then you're going to retrofit it. I wouldn't recommend. Luke, that. whose UFC legacy have has most been forgotten because of the Zufa changeover from SEG? So Frank Shamrock's probably number one on the list, but is there anybody else? So was getting fucked over in terms of not getting the historical respect. Well, Frank a, Frank Shamrock's number one. Is Boss in there, or was it too short of a window? Because they don't tend to blow. Um, bo- they don't blow Boss. The they- Boss was Boss is relevant because he takes a lot of gigs, you know, and people love him, and he's got good modern opinions. But he got out of the game. I mean, the win over Kevin Randleman it was like he was moderately more like jujitsu-y yes. than Kevin, so he got the win, but he didn't really deserve it. Um, I don't know. Frank is the obvious one. Tim Sylvia gets shit on. Tim Sylvia was pretty accomplished, actually, for a heavyweight. Um, yeah, I mean Ken Shamrock too. They, they, they. I mean, they support. Ken, Ken gets, but Ken gets a lot of like world's most dangerous man and blah blah blah. You know. All right, Brian. Uh, if you had to choose only one combat sport to cover, what do you do? For the rest of my life. Yeah, that's it. So I love boxing more than mixed martial arts. I don't think that's a surprise. But mixed martial arts is a more sustainable full-time job, Luke. Is that right? And I think you will get more entertainment if you're into this job for the entertainment factor, which 
Not going to lie, a large part of why I do this job, why I have the passion, because I'm a super fan, and I just happen to get really good seats at these fights and get a camera to talk into. Um, I think, it, yeah, I would. I would be a mixed martial arts journalist. That's the difference between you and me on that one. You're like, I get really great seats at it. I'm like, I never think about it on those terms. I don't care. Okay, so let's talk about I don't this. care about it. Let's anything. talk about intention. Which is why, this, which is why I was with the crowd of there is not. I'm not going to say it's immaterial because that's an overstatement, but it's overstated. They're important. All right, let's talk about journalism. You know who I respect a lot for their, their, their core beliefs and what makes them up? Carrot Somebody top. like a gro- Josh Gross. You know, you know Josh Gross. Yes, of course. I, I was his Josh. editor at ESPN for a short season. I really like the guy. When I think of that guy, I think journalism, right? Yep. That's his passion. He did great work. My passion is uh, entertainment, Luke. I like to talk into a camera. Yeah, so then what are you? And fights give me phoners. So are you saying I, I, you know, are you saying that, what are you saying about me because of that? I think if you're going to do something like that, then you just sort of have to be honest and say what you're not. You're so not you're telling honest. me that when I look in the mirror, Spider-Man meme, I see, uh, what's that guy's name? The um, Carrot Top. No, no, the other guy. The other guy. The damn, uh, the damn guy. The guy with the glasses. Carrot Top. No, the other guy with the glasses. The, the, uh, the damn, what's the guy's name? He's a character. You know the guy. Carrot Top with glasses. Schmo? Schmo. You see, you're saying that the Schmo and I are the same. We're both entertainers. No, you're not the same. I love the Schmo, by the way. You try to straddle a line where you get all the benefits of being the Schmo without actually being somebody who is sort of understood to be not in this for strictly journalistic purposes. I'm in this because... Schmo, Schmo is... like, Am I the number one like, consumer of his product? No, not necessarily. But what Schmo does is... Very honest. He's a hard worker. I'll give him well, that. Super hard worker. I, like, I don't, I don't th- love I take, everything I t- about the shtick, but he's a hard worker. It's not, goes, it's oh. not for me, but it doesn't matter. There's lots of things that are not for me that are good. Schmo's approach to the game is the most honest because there are people that do hardcore journalism, and there are people like mostly in the middle like you and me. We're somewhere in that middle space where you do want to be entertaining, but you want to stick to some principles, and you're always kind of wrestling with how to do that, especially in sports where you're like, how serious is this, blah, blah, blah. And then there are people who just say, you know what, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to provide entertainment and information, and I'm going to do it as a representative explicitly of the fan. And it's, Okay, it's, so I'm not fully that. Right, you know, so I, he I, is, and there's, I'm not judging it. I'm saying that's an honest thing to be. People respond to it. I think the fighters love it. I think the fans love it. And frankly, I respect it more than, I respect it way more than people are like, I'm a journalist. And then what so they end I'm up doing lib- is just sucking the, 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 the dick of power over and over and over again. Would you say I'm a libertarian as it pertains to MMA media? So here's the deal, Luke. I don't know. I, I'm not in there to break news. I'm not in there to, to, to although I respect journalism. Do you know what I like doing, Luke? Getting to the heart of the story, writing a good ass feature. You don't write anymore. You don't care. I like to write a. That shit doesn't mean anything anymore. I like to write a good ass feature. I like to get on the mic and tell you that this fight rules. You know what I mean? No, but no one reads it. Luke, you know I'm probably going to get out of the business after this the show (laughs) after this episode. I mean, yeah. (laughs) I got out of writing because I realized it it is so overrated as a a means of career advancement. Of like taste making advancement, it doesn't matter. Unless you're not you're, wrong. Unless you're unless you're super good you're at it. You're not wrong, and I'm it not. And matter. I'm not super great at it. I just really like it. Um, Luke, do you think? Do you think, Luke, that? You think I should quit this business? No, I think you're good at it. 
I don't always feel you respect me, Luke. I you always look at me you. as a condiment. Why the fuck would I attach myself to you if I didn't <laughs> respect you? You look at me as a condiment to your meat. You said you were the blue cheese. I'm the ketchup, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> I didn't fucking say you said that, not me. All right. Back. Let's get back on track here. We got We're done. Work. We're done with questions. No, we didn't get them all, did we? Yeah, I think we did. By the way, we've also been going for a shitload, and I have to upload all this. Yeah, nonsense. I got to go watch Bellator and, and stuff. Um, Luke, do you have a favorite hot dog? Gosh. Oh, you missed the last question, too. Which was? Who was who had a uh, better middle rate run, Weidman or Whitaker? Luke, this is a Whitaker's customer. still in his 20s, so you no, can't but, say it's over. Who had a better one? Up to this point? Up. Obviously, I mean, what are we going to project the future? Dick I'm going to say Whitaker. Didn't take as many L's. So we had this debate at CBS Sports over the quarantine when we re-ranked the best in division history in UFC. The problem was, Luke, there's no clear-cut number two middleweight in UFC history. Am I right or wrong? You're going to end up at Weidman. You're going to you're going to you're going to argue. Well, for at Rock this Holt. point, it might be on Asanya. You're going to. Okay, now it is, yes. But you're going to argue for Rockhold. You're going to actually, you're going to make a sneaky argument for Vitor Belfort. Tell me if I'm wrong. No. I would not. No. That 2013 happened. You can't take that away from him, Luke. Right. You just can't also overstate it. Anyway, you're going to end up at Weidman, but number three now after after Adesanya, yes. Oh, it's Gene Wong. Hang on. I want to hear this. He's a Washington guy. Yeah, DC, Washington Post. Let me hear this. It says someone hacked into it. Let me hear. Hey, Mike. Uh, what did I ask you about uh, your last fight, which was in Washington? Make sure to subscribe to my This is the Tyson Roy Jones press conference. Manuk. Manuk Love that guy. Oh, yeah. Jason Isbell. Yeah. I don't care about none of that shit. All right, Luke, let's wrap this shit up, okay? Let's wrap it up, bro. We didn't we didn't go think, off the rails in this one. I don't think we got fired at all. We tried. Uh, I got that swill, son. Yeah. Ugh. That's all the spit and the ejaculation mm-hmm. fluid. Yeah, that's um Oh, it's disgusting. Yep, that's malt liquor. <sighs> Candy is dandy, but liquor is quicker. Just as a lesson, I am the I am that last swallow there of the malt liquor, because if it was actual beer, you wouldn't necessarily feel that way. But it's not beer; it's malt liquor. So, Luke, I'm the Yoana Young Jaychuk of MMA media. Who are you? Are you more the um, you fancy yourself as more of like the Chris Cyborg? That's who you fancy yourself. I don't as. even know what that means. In female MMA, you fancy yourself as the Chris Cyborg of MMA media. I'm a little bit more Yuana post surgery, ready for action. <laughs> You're so stupid. Uh, I am. Who am I? I don't know. You're not Amanda. I'm sorry. You're not. I didn't say I was Amanda. I don't know. You know what? You were your cat Zingano before she ran full speed at Ronda, like that second before, right? <laughs> Pre-surgery, right? It all went down from there, huh? Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see how things go this year. Uh, Would you rather be right now, okay, for the rest of your life, starting now, moving forward, yeah. Travis Brown or Edmund Tarverdian? 
Jesus. <laughs> you got to go Armenian on this one. I but guess, he has, I guess but I he has money tar- problems, I guess right? I would go Tarverdian. You got to go brown. You got to go, go, go brown. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Not my steez. Yeah. <laughs> Not my steez. All right. All right, well. Brian we- Campbell or Brian Caraway? Which one? <laughs> You're so stupid. Uh, <laughs> Luke Thomas or Luke Rockhold? If you yeah. want more of Morning God. Combat, YouTube.com slash Morning Combat. If you could Combat. be Luke Rockhold for a half hour, where would you go with that? I told you the story before. Do you remember when he went on Matchmaker, a millionaire he, matchmaker? Yes, he got sent to hell by Patty. He got yeah. super sent to hell, <laughs> except it didn't really work because after the show aired, I woke up one morning and like I had like 15 or 20 DMs from... Okay, some zeros, some sevens, a couple eights and nines along the way. Chicks? Yeah, and they were all like, I don't care what happened on that show. LOL, you're so great. And I'm like, wait a second here. They well, confused you? Yeah, they thought I was him, and I thought to myself, oh, honey. So Misha slid in my DMs one time for that same way, thinking I was Caraway. What did she say? I'm kidding. I'm, kidding. Oh. I'm deeply kidding. No, they must have only done it because they had a superficial like checking. Yes. Like, it's like Luke and MMA. It must yeah. be him kind yeah. of thing. Well, your, your handle was probably Luke Thomas MMA at that point. Something like that. And then real lame. What do you know? L. Thomas News? Yeah, it got all fucked up. You're better than that. It got all fucked up. Well, you anyway. Need a, okay, but you need a better handle. You're just B. Campbell, bitch. What do you think? Yours is some artistic... Guess what? That's my name. What are you, Prince? You're just an expression now? You're fucking L. Thomas News checking in, you know? From Washington, D.C., it's Luke Thomas, Channel 5. Right? That's bullshit. You've had too much to drink, and you need to leave the bar, sir. All right. That's Brian Campbell. I'm Luke Thomas. This is... Close-in time. Room Service Diaries, Jersey City. It's been good to be back, I guess. 42 ounces? 42 ounces to freedom. 40 ounces down. That's about 41. (laughs) <laughs> well, I did want to honor Jackie Robinson by going the full 42, right? <laughs> okay. No one can wear this jersey. All right. That's Brian. I'm Luke. Thanks for watching. Go fuck yourself. <laughs>